Hello, everybody, and welcome to the TeacherCast Educational Network. My name is Jeff Bradbury. And I'm Nick Amaral. And welcome to Ask the Tech Coach, the podcast for instructional technology coaches. If you're in charge of professional development for your school district, then this is the podcast for you. Welcome to episode number 37. Today, we're going to be talking about ways to create online learning modules for your school district. And Nick, this is something that you have a lot of, uh, a lot of experience doing, isn't it? Yeah, it is. And I'm excited for this one, Jeff. Uh, I know, you know, we and I've been asked recently um, a couple times now about designing and building online learning uh, modules for uh, for my teachers. It's it's an initiative and a goal that I've had about um, since I started here in my district in order to take the modules and actually really gamify it and make it uh, self-paced, self-directed. That way, teachers can do this learning any you know any time they want any place that they want so i'm excited for this and hope that we can kind of share how you and i have gone about doing this uh for each of our districts it is a great topic we want to hear from you guys if you've ever created online learning modules or if you guys are looking to bring online learning into your school district check us out over on twitter at ask the tech coach leave us a voice message over at teachercast.net slash voicemail or email us at teachercast.net we want to hear from you guys we of course have a fantastic show coming up we're going to be talking about that we would love to invite you guys on but before we do that i want to share some of the great things that happened last week in our tech coach mastermind nick it was a great time we got over 20 tech coaches together and we did an entire mastermind roundtable on two very important topics tell us a little bit about it nick so we covered uh copa or kappa and FERPA, which I think is definitely going around is stuff that, you know, in uh, tech coaches in our position, professional development personnel, um, even just, you know, teachers and admin, it's something that we have to um, understand more about and how we can manage and facilitate both of these, these laws um, in, in our districts. And, you know, Jeff, I know myself, I'm not the most fluent on the two, so I took a lot away and I know our masterminders uh, also took a lot away. What was your impression of the uh, meeting and uh, the feedback? It was great to get all of our cohorts together. You know, I learned a lot. I learned that COPPA is not an educational law. They said that a, a couple times in there. I thought these were both educational things, but it turns out FERPA is the educational law where COPPA is more of a federal law. Absolutely. And I took that away as well. And I thought that's something definite that, you know, needed to be understood more is every time I thought about it is when they said, no, that's more about the ed tech tool. Those are the rules and laws that they need to follow. So we can just find out who's following them and who's not, but not necessarily that we have to do any said thing specifically to follow that law. And, and, you know, we say this in our school district, you know, we say, is the application COPA FERPA compliant? And I'm starting to wonder, is that the right way of putting this? Because COPA is for the tech company. FERPA is for the school district. So, you know, it's an interesting topic. And I'm glad that we had a chance to bring all of our mastermind people to it. And, you know, many people have asked us recently, you know, is this mastermind for me? Should I pick this up? And I'm going to tell you guys right now, right now we are running a holiday special where you can get either 50 
$100 or $150 off of your mastermind plan. If you are looking for some great individualized professional development for yourself, head on over to teachercast.net slash mastermind. We have some great things for you as being a part of our mastermind. Of course, as you just heard, we have some you know monthly meetings. We do two monthly meetings as a group where we get everybody together and we basically help you guys out. We are here to help you guys on your journey as tech coaches. We are here to come up with a way to help you with your goals, help you with your plans. And we also offer additional times to get some one-on-one opportunities, whether it be by phone, by voice, by video, but we are here to help you out. In addition to that, we have some great freebies like our lesson plans, our templates, and much, much more. Nick, talk to us a little bit about some of the things that we can find in our exclusive Mastermind website when it comes to our, you know, all those online resources that we offer. So Jeff, we, you know, we've put a, a pretty much a wealth of knowledge of different things together on the site. And that I think is easily accessible by anyone that wants to grab them. And it just became a place that we've started building stuff for our mastermind. So you can get, you know, access to not only the free templates, but some lesson plan ideas. We've created things in S'more that you can basically just take and create with your, uh, and share out with your staff and your, and your teachers. We put together a whole thing on COPPA and FERPA where you can go through and access some of the resources and videos uh, and people we've been in contact to. That's all on there as well. We also have two, um, you know, courses yes. that people can take. One on how to design a tech integration uh, plan in their district and another on, you know, the ins and outs of LMS. How, what is it? How do you use it? What can you do with it? And so that's not geared toward any one specific LMS, but just the idea of them as a whole. And we're even going to be expanding on those those topics throughout the year. Um, for instance, today when we're going to be talking about online learning modules, we're going to be taking an entire look at that and putting that stuff on there. But there's only one way that you can have access to all that learning material, and there's only one way that you can get into these great professional development meetings. That's by going over to teachercast.net slash mastermind. That's teachercast.net slash mastermind. Join our mastermind today. We've got some great plans. You can use the promo code 50 100 or 150, depending on what you're looking for. We, of course, offer two-month, six-month, and 12-month membership plans. Yes, we work with your school district. Yes, we work with all forms of payment. Anything that you're looking to do in the world of professional development, we are here to support you and your school districts. Check out teachercast.net slash mastermind today. And, Nick, I am really, really looking forward to today's topic we're going to be talking about the six things that you need to do to create a successful online learning module. Nick, talk to us a little bit about our tech tip of the day. Sure. So it, so it flows perfectly with this. And, and the whole idea is that before you get started and you start creating your online uh, learning modules or courses, that it's not something you want to take lightly. So, you know, make sure that you have talked to admin about what your approach is, how you're going to manage it, what the expectations and goals are. And then once you do that and you get into the creation aspect, even before you even create it, start promoting it. Because if no one knows about it, you just create it and you put it out there they're going to kind of forget about it. They're not going to think that it's important. So spend that extra time to promote it like you would a conference or something, build the hype, build the energy, and then you'll start to see it take off. You know, it is really easy for a tech coach to go out and create professional development. But the first thing that you need isn't even on this list. And Nick, that really is that school district buy-in, right? It's the idea that your school district needs to understand what is going on in the classrooms and the school district needs to be able to say, this is how 
we want to see professional development given out in our schools. Yeah, definitely. You know, and Jeff, we tossed this up as, as we kind of started thinking about, you know, six steps you need to take to do this. This sort of came before all that where we said, look, before we're not even going to make that a step because you need to make sure that this is in place prior to you spending the time. Because what we don't want to happen is you spend all this time putting it together and then shoot, you know, admin doesn't approve of it or the buy-in isn't there or teachers don't want to go online and take online PD. I'd probably argue that one, <laughs> but I think that, you know, yeah, you want to have that this step in place before you spend the time and the effort doing, you know, the creation aspect. So let's take this down. Now, again, if you guys have any questions about any of this, if you're looking to learn how to do this yourselves, reach out to us over on Twitter at Ask the Tech Coach. We are putting together a nice Twitter list filled with uh, instructional technology coaches. We would love to add you to that list. Nick, let's uh, let's kick this off. The, the first thing that we need to be doing is identifying the learning objectives. Why is that important? Because I think that's where all of our districts are built, right? We each have our own uh, personas, our own atmosphere, our own, um, you know, personalities, you know, so to speak. So we have our own goals and objectives and initiatives of things that we find and value as important. And this goes from anything from, you know, oh, we have a district goal of we want all of our teachers implementing DI to we have specific apps and programs that we pay for in our districts. And Jeff, I know you and I, we, we don't, our districts don't pay for the same exact apps or programs or, you know, I use Schoology, you don't. So you want to promote these things and you want to make sure that these become part of the uh, learning objectives of what the teachers are going to learn about in order to promote the overall essence of, of your district. You really want to figure out what is the, you know, what is the objective? Is it a what PD or a how PD, right? And, and this is the Definitely. same thing that we talk about on our podcast, right? Like, are we here creating a show to tell you what is the app or how are you going to use the app? And I think those are two important things. I, I don't know. Have you ever created online PD, Nick, that was like in a two part where maybe part A is the what and part B is the how or do you just vomit on a Schoology page and it covers everything all at once? Like what's, what, what are some uh, recommendations here for, for looking to start these things? Yeah, I think right before you get started, you know, and, and trying to decide on your plan and how you're going to do that, um, you know, I, I've always found it important that to keep these things short, short. And I don't mean short in the sense that they have to be, you know, 15, 20, 30 minutes. But I try to keep modules that are app based or application based that are promoting things and subscriptions and programs that we pay for in our district short enough that it gives them a little bit of content knowledge a little bit of time to play. So they gain that little bit of background understanding. They try something out short and sweet enough that they get a hang of a, of a quick little skill and then they create. And to me, I, I love spending more time on the creation aspect because that's what they're going to bring back. And during the creation, they're doing more learning. So if it's app based, I like to keep it short. But again, now if this is, this is a bigger district goal or an idea like me, DI We've been focusing a lot on that. I've built now one to two, I think two modules that stem anywhere from, I think, six to eight hours in length. So, but this is over the course of two different modules. So one is more background based, uh, more discussion, more research based, and then the other becomes more implementation time. Wait, wait, wait a minute here. You've created a module for your teachers uh -oh. that's yep. eight hours long. <laughs> so... I believe it's six on one or five on one, three on the other. Yes. So, so how do you know that? Like, what, what? Where are you basing that? Is that because it's six hours of video that they have to watch? 
Good question. So I think that's definitely part of this that we, you know, and again, you know, a lot of these podcasts, Jeff, when we start talking, we start to bounce a couple different ideas. So this isn't something we obviously have written down and planned for, but, but this is a great question because you're right. Before I go in, I want my teachers to know how much time they're going to earn, right? So everything for us ah, is bought okay. back in professional development time. So I go through during the, you know, during the creation time and I say to myself, how long should it take in essence to read this article? You know, watching a video is easy, right? Because you can find a YouTube video, you can create one. It's going to tell you this is going to be two minutes or five minutes long. But when it comes to time to create and to discuss, it's hard to put a, you know, a direct minute or second on how long we think that part is going to take. So I always err, err on the side of give a little bit more time. Um, but overall, my module should take anywhere from, you know, five hours or three hours, depending on the part. And then when you put it all together over the course of two modules, they've earned you know, eight hours and learned all about DI, not only learned about it, but they've created something and implemented it in the classroom. All right. So there's a lot in step. I, wow. Eight hours. <laughs> and, and these teachers are still asking you to come into the classroom every day. Wow. That is awesome. All right. Let's take a, a look here at step number two, right? Okay. We, we've understood the learning modules. We learned, we, we know what we want people to get out of it. We know if it's what versus how. Now we basically have to decide where to put this. Now, you've got Schoology, which is an amazing, right. amazing platform. Um, other people have other different types of platforms. Talk to us a little bit about that learning management system. Why is it important when a school is using a learning management system like a Schoology, like a Canvas, like, like anything else in there? Why is it important that we bring the PD into those modules? and not try to bring PD outside of those modules? So, you know, that's a, that's a good point. Um, so I think one of the, the basic answers to this is figuring out where your teachers spend a lot of time. And if you're finding your teachers are spending a lot of time in Schoology because they have their courses built in there and they run everything through that or a club as well, um, then pick that spot because nothing is worse than you building a completely separate platform from anything that your teachers are using. And now they got a new password and code and they got to remember about that site. So, you know, I utilize Schoology obviously because we're district wide, it's the program we use. Um, but it's where my teachers spend a lot of their time. You don't have Schoology, but you find that you've done a lot of work with digital playlists and things like that. So Jeff, when you created your, uh, online learning modules. Where did you plan? Where did you build it off of? Well, and, 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 you know, we built everything off of Google sites, right? Because, right. you know, really what is the essence of an online learning module? It is a way to model how you want your teachers to be creating things for their students. Absolutely. And in, in, in your district, Nick, you know, you are a Schoology district and, you want to see the, the teachers creating things for their students. And with our district, we want to be seeing our teachers creating things in Google Sites. And so all of my PD has been based off of sites. And, you know, we're a Google school, so it's easy to do that. You guys are a Google school, but you're also running Schoology, so it's easy to do mm -hmm. that. Always create PD so that way it does kind of break that fourth wall, right? Like, okay, right. I know that I'm training in here, but really – oh, I didn't know Schoology could do this, or I didn't know that I could add audio to a Google site or something like that that's hopefully going to then get their creativity going in their classroom to do things. Now, um, in your learning module, which of course can be found over on teachercast.net slash mastermind, what are some of the things that you think about before 
you know, opening up Schoology, right? Like, let's say that, you know, I'm going to create everything in OneNote. I'm going to create everything in a Google site or in school. What do I need to have really before I open up the platform to start to build? Is this something that I should be drawing out on paper first? Is this something I should be, you know, talking to some friends or teachers about? Like, like what actually happens? Because for so many of us, Nick, we just open up the tool and start to use it. But I don't know if that's the best way of looking at this. Yeah, so I go ahead and, you know, you obviously you can draft stuff in a Google Doc, which is probably a great idea if you're using a program like Google Classroom um, or Google Sites before you start just dropping things in, especially if people are going to have access to that directly and right away. You know, if you've already created a module or something like that, or you have a few modules and teachers have access to the site, and then you start creating and adding stuff to that site, obviously you want to keep the site published and updated, but you don't want them to have access to the most recent thing. So yeah, you may want to draft things on a document and kind of model that out. You know, a great tool that, um, that I've used in the past. I don't use it now, but it's but it's been very great, uh, very good when I've been kind of designing beforehand. Um, was a mind mapping program, you know, something like Lucid Pre- uh, Lucid Chart, I believe, or um, God, I'm trying to remember Coggle. That yep. was the one. Yep. So those are great ones for for mapping out, especially for courses because you're drawing out directions and paths and things like that. I'll be honest, you know, in Schoology. Um, I create from an unpublished view. So basically what what's happening is it's just hiding what I'm currently working on, but everything else is up to date. So that's great for me because even though I'm creating it in the model and I'm going through kind of my steps, teachers can't see that. They don't have access to it so that, you know, I don't have to worry about them accessing and getting a hold of anything before it's totally complete. But but you want to draft your ideas, you know, and you want to start thinking about, okay, what's the progression? What do I need to include? What do teachers want? Which I think will kind of jump into our step number three. So, so I'm getting nervous about all this. And this seems like it's a big job, right? Because if you're mm. going to be creating an eight-hour PD, that must mean that it's going to take me 25 hours to actually create this thing that may or may not work. That's a lot of time, right? Um, it is, yep. And I don't want anybody out here listening saying, I don't have the time for this. I mean, I have done very successfully uh, creating online learning modules using Google Forms, right? Mm-hmm. The idea that you can just create a simple Google Form and above each of the questions, maybe you have a video or something in there that teaches um, you could do this thing very, very lightly, you know, A, for your students, right, or B, for your teachers. I mean, like, if you wanted to do how to, how to use, how to use, you know, Canva or I, I don't know, something like that, mm-hmm. you, you could easily do a, a simple Google form with a bunch of videos and do that. Now, um, it doesn't have to be. I mean, and I know a lot of professionals in the educational space are, are using WordPress to create things. There's a lot of really nice plugins that nowadays that turn your WordPress website into a learning management system, into a course-based things. Um, I would always recommend, you know, I would say if you're interested in going in that direction, email us, check with me, find us on Ask the Tech Coach, uh, feedback at teachercast.net. Um, I, I would never recommend everybody get into that. Uh, it's, of course, very easy to install a plugin and just start making things. But really, you need to understand that you're actually trying to build a membership site. And I wouldn't recommend that to everybody based off of hosting. 
that's another podcast that I that I do. <laughs> Um, but I think the biggest thing for the step two is number one, you know, figuring out where you're going to do things. And again, it, it's usually a no brainer. If you're a Schoology school, if you're a, a Canvas school, if you're a Google school, if you're a Microsoft school, you basically know where you need to be putting your PD, which, as Nick said, then just leads us into that step three, integrate steps one and steps two, integrate what your teacher needs and how does it fit into that module and how do you create things? Nick, talk to us a little bit about what goes into to our third step here. Yeah. So I love, you know, step three as sort of the crowdsourcing idea. So yes. this is where, you know, the what you said as, as before we even get started, the promotion aspect, this is built into step three as well. As you're promoting this out, hey, I've got this idea. This is what I'm building and I'm in the process of. What do you want to learn about? And Jeff, this goes into tech integration plans. This is, hey, all that time you spent building that survey and finding out teacher needs and wants and, and where they are in certain levels of you know beginner advanced um, on Google Apps. Well, this is your chance to now build the modules on those things. So what do your teachers want? What do they want to learn about? What are the topics that they are interested in? Those should become modules. And then the other piece is, what are the things that teachers are always asking for? And Jeff, I always find teachers are asking for time to collaborate, time to meet together, time to share, time to discuss. They just want co-planning time. And this to me was like you said, you can kind of break that fourth wall in essence. And well, you know what? I'm going to build time for you to collaborate and share and discuss inside the module. And it just becomes kind of this big open roundtable discussion with all of your teachers. It is such important step here because, again, you need to know that what you're working on is going to be accepted by teachers. You know, many school districts, you know, they create PD that teachers have to do. Many school districts create PD that is optional for teachers. Well, how do you know that you're going to be wisely spending your time on something that works? This is really, really important that you get that step buy-in. Uh, let's see, Nick, what is the next step that we have to do on our journey here? Sure. And I think this is the longest one. I think it comes down to, okay, now you're in the process you want to start building is, is what's the framework? What's the workflow? How is the module going to start from beginning to end? What are the teachers going to do and go through? And, and I will tell you when you're going to get started with this, I've always, you know, you kind of actually said it before, Jeff, and, and, and I just want to kind of go back and mention it. You said one of the things you're doing when you're building these modules is you're kind of showing what your expectation is or what teachers should be doing on how they teach with that thing. So if they're teaching Google site, you're, you're t using Google sites for a module and you've created this playlist style of how they're going to go through the course, you're modeling that. So for me, I use gamification, um, pieces of gamification in my created video, uh, my created modules. And that's me modeling gamification and self-paced learning and badging and all that stuff. So you can utilize that. I will say use Blooms. I mean, Blooms is modeled out for you from beginning to end on how people learn and, you know, gain background understanding going into kind of synthesizing and application and creation. And, and that's your steps right there. Just figure out what they're going to do with it. Now, how about you, Jeff? Do you have a particular module? Is there a framework you use? Uh, yeah, my my model is, is basically random um, based on what we're doing here. And, and this is a question that I, I, I get asked a lot by tech coaches. And I wanted to kind of throw it up in the air here. If you are creating a simple, I'm, I'm going to say simple here. 
how to do something, right? And let's say that you see a fantastic uh, teachers.tech video or Eric Kurtz video or a ditch that textbook, something that you see online that you're like, that's great. I want all of my teachers to see that. I'm going to build that video into a learning module. Here's the question, Nick. Should I? Should I take what, what, what you know, Jamie Keats does over on teachers.tech and put that in, in one of my learning modules and say, guys, watch this video and learn from it? Or if I'm the tech coach in a school district, should I be making all of the videos original? Right. That's an important <laughs> question here. Like, you know, you, and, and this is one that we get off. And I, I, I have my opinions. I, I, I'll give my opinions after I get your opinions on this. But should you be making all original content for this stuff? Or can you go and pick and choose what you find on, on, on YouTube? So that's a big question. I get that asked all the time, too. You know, uh, and you hit on it before. You know, great. If you're designing an eight hour module. So in essence, am I spending 25 hours to put this together? And I get asked that question all the time. How long did it take you to put it together? And the other question I always get is, well, who manages it? Um, and who's going to spend that time and have that time available to manage it, which is a whole nother probably blog post for us to talk about how that works. I'm one person. I do do it. But people just have to think about that in the back end that, you know, it does save you time, Jeff. If you're one PD person, I just want to put this out there. You're one PD person in your district. I am one person for two high schools. This helps supplement me. When I'm in one building, but teachers still want to learn about something, I could always push them and gear them toward the module where maybe they gain the background understanding and then they schedule time with me later on. So that's just, you know, something for me to put out there. But um, if we're going into this aspect of creating, I would say, no, you know, if you see something that you like and it's a video and it, and it can help you use it. I mean, I love the idea of getting started, getting it off the ground and using these great videos. No one's saying you have to create everything from beginning to end. Now, however, if you want to start personalizing it, you want to make more of a direct connection to what your teachers are using this app for or this program, then that's where you need to start thinking about, okay, can I take this video and can I make it a little bit better or personalize it myself? But Definitely use what's out there. Don't spend so much time thinking you have to create everything from scratch. And then once you get these modules up, if you want to start personalizing, uh, you know, um, updating them and whatnot, and you have the time available, then then create a video yourself. So, so this is where you're wrong, Nick. <laughs> Uh-oh. <laughs> I'm sorry. I, I, I was setting you up for that. <laughs> okay. Um, here, here's my philosophy on this. First of all, I, I, I got to say, I don't disagree with much of what you just said. Um, if you're going to be asking a teacher and you're going to be saying this module is six hours, if you're going to be saying it's a, it's a one hour commitment, it can't look like you spent five minutes doing a Google, a, a YouTube search for how to, you know how to use Canva and slap a YouTube video on. It's gotta look like that was created for them by them. And I think there is there's like there's merit, right? Like if something new comes out and Jamie Keats pops it out, and I I only talk about Jamie Keats because his videos are fantastic. Um, but if you see something that's out there and you want to put it in a newsletter, great. Go go show off the EDUs in ninety or the Eric Kurtz video. All of that stuff is fantastic. I'm just of the belief that if you're going to be creating a video-based system for your school, then you need to sit down and make the video. 
and it's got to be branded and it's got to be it's got to be, you know, again, as you said, personalized for the school district. Um, and it's got to be in your voice. And and this is something I'm, I'm kind of passionate about because really the online courses for a tech coach serve two things. Number one, um, it is an online learning module. It is PD for the teachers, but it's also another way for the tech coach to show off that, hey, I'm a great person. I know what I'm talking about. Come and find me, right? Because you can always end all of your videos with, hey, if you have any questions with this, here's my number, here's my email, come and find me. And if you put that as a tag to all of the videos that you create, that will then hopefully get some more business for you. And and I, I, I guess I'm just kind of passionate about this one. Maybe this is more teacher cast coming out of, you know, create stuff on your own. It's it's okay to use other people's videos, but but mm-hmm. but make things as personalized as possible. And we're not, you're not wrong, Jeff. I, I think we're both thinking the same idea. You know, uh, I do find, do I find videos? Absolutely. Um, but I don't find all of my videos that way. And, right. and what I found has worked for me recently has been in the background stage. So during the background stage, when I go, okay, you know, um, let's just say you mentioned Canva before, and they're, they're going to take a module on Canva. The beginning might be, you know, so what is Canva? And I might actually go to YouTube, grab a quick video that's from Canva that just gives the quick, you know, it's like the 30 seconds, yes. the one minute, whatever. But then under that is like a Google Doc or something where I've gone through and I've said, okay, now here's what Canva can do for you type thing. Or I might yes. create a video. And then later on in the learning, if I do include another video and now it's more hands-on, like, hey, I want you to learn how to do this. I just did this with um, – uh, Google drawings and creating kind of like thing link esque hidden, you know, hidden links within a, in a, uh, scavenger hunt type thing in a Google drawing. I created that video and I'll tell you, and you're hundred percent right. Because when you spend the time, you've gone that extra effort to do that. I've had teachers come back to me and they're like, by the way, that video was phenomenal. I loved it. It was personalized to what we were doing. I've even had a couple of teachers send me emails where they're like, now I know anytime I need to learn about anything, I'm going to YouTube and look up Nick Amaral on YouTube and see if I could find his guided tutorial because it was easier for me to follow. I don't think I'm any better than anyone. I think that it was just personalized because I'm taking it from our district's approach, which is 100% what you said. So yeah, I I do think if you take it to that extra step, you create them yourself. It's just going to feel more personalized and organic to your district. I I agree. But, and also to to kind of back you up, if, if Canva has a 90 second video that talks about what Canva is, use that a hundred percent of the time, right? Like you, you don't have to recreate that wheel, but yeah, if you're going to be creating the, how to do things, do, do that by yourself. And you realize that all all the, you know, the Jamie Keats, Eric Kurtz, Casey Bell video, they're making those specifically for their own school districts. So, you know, have fun with those things. Um, I, something I'm passionate about now, before we get to step five, let's kind of reflect here, you know, again, step one here, of course, is identifying our learning objectives. Step two here is deciding where we should be putting our modules. Step three is integrate teacher needs into with what we want to put into those modules. Step four is of course, deciding on the framework. Now, before we get to step five, there is something that we need to say here, Nick. Uh-oh, what's that? Happy birthday, Nick. <laughs> oh, thanks. Yes, it is my birthday. Uh, today is Nick's uh, 21st birthday. Is that the is, is that the idea here? <laughs> I wish it was my 21st birthday. That was a, that was a fun birthday. And uh, Nick and I are <laughs> celebrating his birthday today by uh, by promoting and launching his brand new website, nicholasamaral.com. <laughs> Check it out. He's got some great stuff. Uh, he's He's got some great things going over there, and uh, we're going to be looking at that over the next couple of weeks. So, Nick, happy birthday. 
Thank you. I appreciate it. All right. Enough of that. Get us into <laughs> number five here. Um, now that we've figured out what framework that we want, um, step five is kind of important. What is step number five? It is. It's important, but it, but it's, it's kind of short. It's uh, give time to reflect, share, and implement, you know, and, you, and blow you out spend, the candles at the end, right? We, we, we reflect and blow the out the candles. I mean, this is basically what it is. I, um, you know, your teachers have gone through a module. They've learned about something. You may, you know, I'm hoping that you've given them time to create and to implement something in their classroom or try it out. Um, and if they have, give them a platform to come back and reflect on it. How did it go? Did they like using the app? Did they, whatever it was, you know, Get them sharing the examples. Nothing's wor- you know better than a teacher showing what they did or what they created with other teachers that then say, oh, you know, I can do that too. Let me try that. And then they jump into the module. They learn. They create. Um, so three things you want them to do in this step. You want them to be able to get back to implement something, to share that creation, and then to come back and reflect on it. And I think the most important thing that we can do here is to look at step number six, which is highlight their accomplishments, right? Mm. It's not easy to get them to do it. It's not easy to get them to finish it. But when they do, highlight their accomplishments. And, and this could be badging. This could be recognition. This could be coming into a uh, faculty meeting and giving out a certificate or having a sticker or, you know, anything like that. Maybe they get an extra prep period or something. I don't know. Um, but, but what have you found? Because you, you get into badging, don't you? I do. And, and again, it's part of the overall, you know, background here of uh, gamifying professional development. So I use badges. Uh, again, the badge signifies is like a digital certificate and signifies how many hours they've earned and what they've accomplished through the task. Um, teachers get it in sort of like this backpack in Schoology so they can open up and see all the badges they've, they've earned. But I've got teachers, some that will print them out and post them on their doors or their rooms or add it to their email signature and things like that just to make it kind of fun. Um, and again, you're just highlighting the accomplishments. I usually take this. I usually leave a spot for teachers to reflect and, and to share the creations and what they implemented. And I always take those things that they post on there as well and what they've created and share. And I usually tweet them out and I'll usually share it in the district. Like, hey, check out what so-and-so did with you know, their DI lesson or whatnot, something like that. So again, I spend a lot of time with the highlighting aspect. That's all behind the scenes, but it goes a, a long way into promoting what you've done. We want to know what you guys think about this topic. This is something that we're going to be diving into over the next uh, few months, actually. We're going to be unpacking some of these things. Maybe we'll do a whole show just on applications. Maybe we'll do a whole show on how to make a framework. We want to know what you guys are looking for. Of course, this is Ask the Tech Coach, and all of our topics really come from you guys, our listeners. We want to take a moment and say thank you uh, for for joining us and for, for being a part of this. Please take a moment and go over to your favorite podcatcher and hit the subscribe button, like us on your, on, on your social media. And of course, if you're on over there on iTunes, please take a moment and leave us a review. It would really, really mean something to us. We want to know that you guys are out there and we would certainly appreciate it if you guys could help share this show with your friends and other co-hosts. Uh, we would love to have you guys be a part of this and all of our shows. Of course, next week we have our our Tech Coach Roundtable, don't we, Nick? We do. And, you know, I'm excited because those are always fun. That where we just get together, we'll, you know, toss up an idea or something we've talked about. So we may talk about Chrome extensions. We may talk about some of this online building of online modules and PD and things like that. And we get to hear from uh, other voices, PD voices, 
uh, around the world, which is always fun for us to just sit and chat and share out with uh, with our listeners. And we would love to have you guys be a part of this. We do our roundtables at the end of every single month. If you'd like to sh- show off all the great stuff happening in your school district on the Ask the Tech Coach show, let us, let us know. Find us over on Twitter at Ask the Tech Coach or email us over at feedback at teachercast.net. We would love to have you guys as a guest on the Ask the Tech Coach podcast. <laughs> One other thing here, Nick, our 40 Chrome extensions that every tech coach should know is doing really good. I think we've had a couple hundred downloads in just the last week of this. Head on over to episode number 36. Of course, the link is going to be on this show, also episode 37, but we did uh, some pretty cool stuff last week with Chrome extensions. Check out that episode. Of course, next week we're going to be talking about all of the stuff on our Tech Coach Roundtable. Nick, where do people find all the great things that you're doing? So they can follow me on Twitter at namorelledu, or they can go to my website, nicholasamorel.com, and obviously on here with you, Jeff, at Ask the Tech Coach. And, of course, we want to know what you guys are doing. Leave us a voicemail over at feedback at teachercast.net or teachercast.net slash voicemail. We'd love to hear from you guys. We want to have you guys be a part of our show. Thank you guys so much for making TeacherCast your home for professional development. And on behalf of everybody here in the TeacherCast Educational Network, my name is Jeff Bradbury. And I'm Nick Amaral. Reminding you to keep up the great work in your classrooms and continue sharing your passions with your students.